Fall Podcast listeners. Welcome back to another great episode. Today's episode is going to be quick and very informative. I am your host, Kelly Moss, the Communications Director here at ACAR, and today I am joined by Jamie McMillan, our Vice President of Government Affairs. And Jamie's going to talk just a little bit about kind of what's been happening here at ACAR, what's going on legislatively, and a little bit about some things that you can look forward to. So like we always say, grab your coffee and your earbuds and make this spot your home. We're happy that you're here. Our Home for All podcast is a bi-weekly production where we will host interviews, facilitate conversations, and talk about what's happening in the world of real estate. We'll introduce you to the important people in your community and help you learn how to grow your real estate-related business. This is an adult show and some adult language might occasionally creep into the conversation. So let's move forward and find out what makes Northeast Ohio the best home for all. So welcome, Jamie. Thanks, Kelly. I'm happy to be back. Well, I'm glad to have you back, too. And I know that everybody is probably first and foremost on their mind wondering what happened with the RPAC auction and how (laughs) awesome was it? The RPAC auction was another tremendous success. We were sold out. Uh, We had a crowd of 200 people down at Firestone Country Club in Akron, which was, I think, probably one of the most popular venues that we've been to um, in recent years. Certainly, it's gorgeous. Um, But getting just down to it, we raised um, more than $87,000 for RPAC. So that's a huge, huge amount that will be able to support local, state, and some congressional candidates, possibly, uh, um, who are good on real estate issues and champions for home ownership. So super excited. And thank you to everybody that was a part of that event. That I can personally say, because I was there, it was fabulous. Um, I I will, and you probably, maybe you do or don't know off the top of your head if that, we had a ton of items. We did. We did. We had about 120 silent auction items. Um, there were, I think, 17 what I call buy now items. So you're not in a bidding war. We just have a quantity. Um, we sold some of those and then we had 10 items in the live auction. But we also did some really fun kind of side investment opportunities. My personal favorite was the Build a Bouquet station. I love fresh flowers and I knew that was definitely one way I could get a personal investment in. So I enjoyed that. We did a putting contest. Um, and then we also did a wine pool, which is always popular. That wine pool. People were like in line (laughs) for the wine pool. It was awesome. Um, Do you think, and I know it's different every single year. There there are different ways that people can invest as far as, you know, with the putting contest this Mm -hmm. year and the build a bouquet. So there'll be different things at the, at the next auction. It won't be all the same stuff because obviously the putting contest was thematic because we were at a country club. So, um, so, you know, for anybody listening, they can keep that in mind going forward. Um, and then you mentioned the buy now items. Is that something that can, that's continuing? It is. So we, we have some buy now items left over and for our members, um, I would say watch for flash sales throughout the year to get to, to, um, 
take a look at those items. And then two, if we have other RPAC fundraisers throughout the year, we may also have a, a, a station set up at those events. But again, those are members only um, opportunities. So Right. Absolutely. So, and we can, I will just briefly mention shameless plug because YPN will be doing an RPAC event coming up too. So everybody can kind of keep an eye on their newsletter for details about that. Um, so what's going on legislatively? What can you, what can you tell our listeners about the state of legislative affairs <laughs> in our footprint? Well, I'm going to keep it specific to one issue that is the most frequently uh, shared complaint, concern, question that I get, and that is surrounding point of sale inspections. And our legislative committee earlier this year uh, said quite firmly, we want to see what we can do to get more rollbacks on point of sale in some of the cities that have the more burdensome policies. And so we are taking steps actively to put a comprehensive point of sale campaign into place that will educate the public, including elected officials, on how this is really a barrier to home ownership. So perhaps if there are people that aren't members that are listening, can you explain a little bit about what point of sale um, is and kind of how it affects the, the sale of a home? So at its very basic, point of sale is a city-mandated inspection that must occur uh, before some cities will allow a property to transfer. Some of those come with pretty steep uh, fees. Some require an escrow that is really a major barrier to home ownership for a lot of home buyers. Um, but it's just it's it adds an unnecessary layer of bureaucracy to the home buying process. We know that our members always recommend that buyers get their own personal home inspection. It's more comprehensive and it's done on their behalf, not on the city's behalf, but on theirs so that they are fully aware of what the challenges might be or that they should anticipate with the home that they're purchasing. And But the bottom line is that the point of sale inspections are, are the intention, I guess, is that it's to, to help reduce blighted areas for housing, but it's not really always operating that way. Right. That's what we hear from a lot of city officials, even other housing advocates really seem to think that point of sale inspections are this magical tool that will help save cities and help secure the housing condition um, in any neighborhood. And that, as we all know, is just not the case. Right. It's, it's causing more trouble than, right. it's, than it's, you know, helping. Um, so with with that, um, with the point of sale issues that are going on, and I know we got some cities yeah. last year to kind of take. We're rolling back. We're rolling back pieces and parts, <laughs> you know, and that's the thing. Kelly, that's a really good reminder for me to share. A lot of cities are interested in perhaps reevaluating their point of sale policy, but they may not have an appetite to do a, a whole elimination in one fail swoop. And so that's where we see cities like Euclid, Maple Heights, Garfield Heights, and others who have rolled back. Perhaps they've rolled back the interior inspection because of privacy concerns. They've rolled back or eliminated the escrow requirement in some cases. And so if that's what it takes to help make homeownership more achievable in some communities, then we're willing to work with our communities to get those 
rollbacks in place. That's awesome. So what do you see coming up? There's, we have an election coming up, right? Mm-hmm. So so can you talk a little bit about that and, and tell the listeners kind of what they can expect to see this coming May? It's very short. <laughs> it's coming sooner than you think. Well, that's the million dollar question. <laughs> so see, this is the part where, that I like because I'm not a- answering it. I just get to yeah. ask it and you have to yeah. answer it. So here's what we know. There is going to be a primary election on May 3rd. Um, early voting started last week. So you can go to your local board of election, check their website, see what their hours are. You can go and early vote if you'd like to. Um, and you'll see local races. So we have county level races in all three of our um, counties. So Cuyahoga, Summit and Portage all have county level races that are going to be on the ballot. There may be some issues that you might see on there. And then you'll see statewide candidates as well. So governor, secretary of state, auditor, treasurer, U.S. Senate, those are also going to be on the May ballot. The ones that are still up in the air, of course, are the ones where the maps are still <laughs> up in the air. Right. They haven't, been, those, those, those maps have not been decided in right. all the areas yet. Right. Right. So we're waiting on that. Um, the last thing that I heard was, and this isn't confirmed or official yet, but it it looks like we may have a second primary and that will be likely in August, which is when we typically see a special election. Right. Sure. Um, And, you know, voter turnout can sometimes be lower at that time, unfortunately, but it looks like just because of the way the map (laughs) situation is unfolding, that that's the path that we're on. Any idea what's causing the holdup? (laughs) <laughs> in the map situation. I'll let everyone uh, take their own guess at what that might go. be. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so with the, with the election, if there's, there's the May election and then potentially a special election in August, um, are there, um, are there different, uh, different things on the ballot beyond people that are that our members need to look for different issues that that are going to be on those ballots that are that our members need to be aware of. So I I always tell people keep an eye out for school levies. We have not taken a position on any, but often you'll see a school levy or other type of uh, tax proposal, sure. essentially. Um, and we'll keep an eye out to see if there's anything in August, but ACAR is not getting involved on any um, primary election candidate or issue, at least at this time. Absolutely. So the members can still register to vote um, and they can do that on our website. Yes. Yeah. So on ACAR's website, I believe it's on the homepage. There's a web button. I think that's what they're called. It has. Um, it it's is indeed the, what they're called. <laughs> that's not my wheelhouse. So that's okay. um, it's on the web on the homepage. Click on that um, and it'll take you to the links that you need to get registered to vote. Yeah. That's awesome. So is there anything else you want to leave our members with since this was going to be a quick and yeah. quick and painless uh, update? I know that you have a couple episodes that we're going to be recording here uh, coming up for, I believe, Portage County and uh, Summit County. Yes. So So stay tuned for those legislative updates. I'm excited to get to sit down with 
Sabrina Christian Bennett, a commissioner in Portage County, and then also Summit County Executive Eileen Shapiro. Uh, we'll get to talk to her. But we're also going to talk about placemaking, and I'm super excited about that. It's such an important part of our community outreach. Um, and we'll be announcing the placemaking grants that we're awarding this year, um, hopefully within the next month or so. So there's a lot of exciting stuff coming up. So you mentioned placemaking, yes. and I know that the deadline has just passed for that. So you'll be announcing where those cities are going to be. Um, there's also another grant that we have available as part of our community outreach as well. Do you want to talk about that for just a second before we wrap up? Sure. One more shameless plug. So I'm super excited about <laughs> the Home for All Community Fund. Um, ACAR will be awarding one $10,000 grant to a local housing nonprofit. You have to be a 501c3 registered with the IRS. Um, but those applications are due April 30th. And then we'll have an interview process over the summer with the uh, winner announced at our annual meeting in October. That's really exciting, too. Well, I want to thank Jamie for joining me today and sharing all of her upcoming uh, political knowledge with us. I also want to thank you, our listeners, for downloading and listening and subscribing to ACAR's Home for All podcast. Be sure to check back with us for our next episode. And until we meet again, I hope you're finding your very own meaning of Home for All.